This is A Wild Conversation. Hi, my name is Callum Hughes. I'm a zookeeper here at the Greater Vancouver Zoo. And I'm Ashley Wajic, also a zookeeper here at the Greater Vancouver Zoo. And today on A Wild Conversation, we're going to be talking about some of the challenges that baby or young animals face that their parents can't help them with. You better not make me cry. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, I cry a lot. You know, nature can fair. be a pretty strict coach. It can be. That's true. That's true. Um, I mean, you know, you, when we think of like fun activities that you can do with your baby, you know, like those little baby exercises, a bath or like a stroll in the park. How yeah. about rock climbing? Um, you know which animal I'm thinking of? marsupials exactly yeah, okay yes. yeah yeah that sounds about right i think you can <laughs> describe this right what happens when a, a, a baby kangaroo or marsupial is born right yeah so they're born really 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 little <laughs> like mm-hmm. pretty much a not even fully formed what a fetus their fetus at that point and they have to climb up and into their mother's pouch that's crazy, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Like, they come out, and they're not fully developed, but they've got arms. Like, yep. Dwayne the Rock Johnson arms yep. for, a, for a, a thing the size of a jelly bean, right? Yeah, no, that's, that's, it's, it's insane. And they have to climb, and there is a, like, pathway in the fur that kind of directs the baby up there. But it, 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 it doesn't even have eyes. It's doing this completely blind out of instinct. In- yeah, out of instinct. And it's then, just, it's, yeah, no. Can't, marsupials are so weird. <laughs> they're super yeah. cool. I've I've worked with the the kangaroos and wallabies we have here, and they're pretty fascinating animals. I bet. Oh yeah. Um, and how long do they stay in the pouch generally? That is completely up to the mom sometimes. Really? Oh yeah, I've seen a uh, one of our wallabies kept let her baby keep like it was to the point where when her joey was in the pouch her pouch was dragging on the ground and she could barely walk and she was like no it's okay he can stay in the pouch it's fine i mean with the price of properties right now <laughs> i totally get why a wallaby would want to stay in the pouch for a bit longer uh, until you know finds a stable job or something right <laughs> um another uh, really cool um animal for example that has a challenge is have you ever heard of shoebill storks yes they're super cool, aren't the they? The really, really, really big ones with that they like clack their beak to make those really deep, crazy noises. Yes. Yes, they're so cool. It sounds like a gun going it off does. when they greet. It's horrifying. Especially when they do it like multiple times. It's like, <laughs> yeah. hit the ground. You've got to, if anyone's listening to this, you've got to go on YouTube and you've got to listen to a recording of this. Because if this animal came up behind you while you were doing zookeeper work and entered the building and did this, it would make you jump every time until oh. you wore ear protection oh oh yeah i believe it <laughs> but uh with their offspring what they'll often do is they'll lay two eggs okay but the second egg is just in case something happens to the first egg whoa generally they that will poor only second baby yeah generally they'll only raise one chick and i know it seems harsh that's that's really harsh could you imagine being the second child in a family being like I hope Jimmy doesn't make it so that I can feel love. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty much kind of like the way they do it. I think that's they terrifying. have a second egg just in case there's flooding or whatnot or something happens. Oh my gosh. But then the younger chick is bullied and pecked at and doesn't receive a fair share of food. Okay, I'm just, I'm putting out a PSA. Do not parent the way she builds storks do, okay? <laughs> just don't, yeah. don't do it that way. <laughs> yeah, 
completely right <laughs> no uh no hunger games or or whatnot for uh raising children natural um, world is crazy man yeah have you heard tasmanian devils I yeah I know of Tasmanian devils. You got really excited. I'm scared. They're even worse. Oh no! Than, sh- than shoebill stalks. I don't um, know if I like this <laughs> this subject. <laughs> the mother right has yeah? twenty to forty babies. Oh, but the, you're lying. Nope. That's terrifying. But she only has four nipples. Oh my god! Why would you have so many then? And you know that marsupials latch on to that nipple and. They stay on until they develop. It actually forms a seal around their mouth. That's... Okay, yeah. So the others that don't make it to a nipple in time, that's game over. That just seems like that is very unnecessary to have that many, though. Yeah. I, 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 I get that. It's probably... There has to be a survival instinct, like, in case um, uh, something happens to the mother or something there has to be some sort of evolutionary advantage to make sure she has at least well at max apparently those four babies yeah no kidding so it can be pretty harsh i mean i i still remember when i was a kid the time i learned how um cruel nature can be because i was really young and i was watching a video of sea turtles oh yeah when when they hatch in the sand and they have to run to the ocean yep it oh. was it was scarring. I still remember me and my brother bawling in tears Aww. because we're watching these sea turtles hatch out of their nests. It's all kind of cute and nice, and this is the meaning of life. And then this ominous music starts playing. Oh my god! And then there are seabirds snatching up baby turtles. Octopus gets one. A crab gets one. A bloody um, god. a rock iguana gets one. And it's just and then finally a few a few make it to the sea. Yeah, and, and that's why they have so many. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Have you have you seen Moana? I think it's in Moana. Moana, the, the mo- Disney. Yeah. Yeah. In one of the scenes when she's a baby and she holds like the big banana leaf and protects the one baby sea turtle. To the... that's cute. That's what I want to think about when I think about baby turtles. I will actually <laughs> say that I have done that. I have been lucky enough to be at a beach when a sea turtle nest um, hatched in Borneo. There was an oh, really? island, and uh, these sea turtles started hatching. We ran, and we told the um, the park service because the island was a national park. Okay. And um, they said, "Oh, yeah, that happens. That happens a lot. We get a lot of nesting sea turtles." So we let them do their thing. We didn't touch them, which is important, you yeah. know. But we still stood guard, <laughs> like no. still standing there, like nope, nope, no Centuries. birds. No, uh, no birds, no crabs. Thank you. I'm just going to stand here. I'm not going to interfere, but I'm going to look intimidating as possible. Bodyguard. <laughs> just glare at anything that moves that isn't a baby sea turtle. Oh, that's I, really interesting. Here they have to taste the sand. You never know what a baby has to do to make sure that it can return to that beach, for example. Oh, so, yeah, because they always return to the same beach they were born at, don't they? Yeah, I believe so. Interesting. So I uh, just put out a message out there if you see something remember hands off completely yeah, just but let nature do its thing exactly yeah. no matter how hard it might be and just stand in the corner and look intimidating yeah exactly <laughs> just <laughs> puff your chest out any predators that come by you flex you, <laughs> you flex. flex flex for the baby turtles <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. put that on a t-shirt please <laughs> Please put that on the t-shirt. Oh, I don't think that they're going to let me make t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I have all the weirdest ideas. Um, yeah. But um, 
Uh, another one, and I'm sorry, this might be a little bit harsh as well. This is a very intense conversation. Have you heard of ragged tooth sharks, how they reproduce? Ragged tooth sharks, no. They're also sometimes called gray nurse sharks okay. or sand tiger sharks. Oh, I've heard sand tiger. That, that, that pops up, but I do not know. They're really popular in aquariums, so you'll often see them. Um, they're the big sharks with the really sharp, pointy, kind of jagged teeth that you'll often see at aquariums. Okay, okay, um, okay. Now with them, they have this special kind of reproduction where they have, it's almost like our pregnancy, but there's no umbilical cord. Okay. So a developed embryos, a bunch of embryos that are developing are released. I feel like released. I've heard about this and I'm scared. Yep. They have basically two ovary horns and they release like a few pups into that area or developed embryos. Yeah. The first one that hatches starts to eat it's siblings. Yep, I've, I've heard of this. Um, oh, gosh. Because it develops sharp teeth. No. And um, kills them off and eats them. And then she basically releases unfertilized eggs constantly and it eats those. And that's how it develops. That's just, that's just okay. I mean, I, I could, the only way I can make sense of it is a bit like the struggles you get when you come out of university, you know? And it's like, you're out of university and you're looking for a job and the jobs are like, yeah, but we needed you to have five years of experience first or a couple years of experience. I think the gray nurse shark has like, or San tiger shark has uh, maximized this by being like, yeah, I've got experience. I was an apex predator in the womb. In the womb. <laughs> oh was, my gosh. Like me being here right now is case in point that I was the top predator in that area. So I am ready to be an apex shark. I have one year of experience. One year of experience. <laughs> I am also one year old. <laughs> <laughs> they do come out quite well developed, so there is an advantage. They, um, instead of releasing lots of babies, they just release two. It's two better developed, ready for the world. Already have hunting experience. They're already like, have hunting <laughs> experience. <laughs> I know that's a bit morbid. Ah, but <laughs> sorry. They're uh, so sorry. about one meter long, so um, they do come out in a good way um, and fully developed. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, this conversation is upsetting me. <laughs> I mean, there's some also really good examples too. Um, like, um, for example, schooling for orangutans. Schooling, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think orangutans stay with their mother for six to seven years. Interesting. And they learn all the tools of the trade. Um, because orangutans are amazing in their intelligence. You must have heard stories about oh, these yeah. guys, like right? Using tools to get at food and stuff like that yeah. in the wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll imitate people sometimes. If they see people working or doing a job, they'll imitate. I heard one smart female that learned to use a canoe by watching. Oh, really? They, she observed people doing it. And bear in mind, apes can't swim, um, okay. except for us. And maybe a few... Um, of the monkeys because they don't have a good uh, uh, amount of fat on their bodies. So they sink. Exactly. And okay. they have very dense muscle so tissue. They, they sink faster. Exactly. <laughs> so it's actually a serious thing for gorillas, um, chimpanzees, and orangutans when it comes to crossing bodies of water. Oh. But she got in a canoe and started paddling with the, the, the paddle. That's she figured out. Oh, that's so cool. Right? That's really cool. And, and these mothers, they basically teach their offspring how to get certain fruit at different times a year, what f uh, bunch of leaves and vegetation are safe to eat because in the rainforest, there'll be stuff that's poisonous. Yeah. Or maybe stuff that's poisonous if you don't remove certain parts. 
That's really cool. Or where to go or how to handle it. Some plants are adapted to um, protect from orangutans almost specifically. Like there's this really good footage on that newly released documentary series on Netflix Mm-hmm. narrated by uh, Barack Obama, uh, National Parks. Okay. Uh, it's really amazing footage of these um, orangutans that have learned to remove these prickles from a specific fruit um, and then get the fruit inside, and it's too hard to crack open until it's ripe. Interesting. Really cool. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And by investing that, they, they, they um, teach their offspring. And, and, of course, it the survival of the babies completely depends on how much they listen to mom. Um, but interesting enough, I think some orangutan babies after, or should I say babies, adults that have left their mother will sometimes come back and visit for schooling. Really? Just like, hey, mom, uh, I'm a little <laughs> confused. Uh, I was struggling in the forest the other day. Yeah. Need some advice. So uh, listen, I'm having some car troubles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. So which, you mean I don't have to feel bad about going to my mom's house for help? Oh, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, we're probably the only primates that invest longer uh, periods of time in investing our offspring. Yeah. And probably in animals in general. And there's a huge advantage. Like, there's the idea of explosive breeders like sea turtles, lots of babies. Explosive breed. I've never heard it referred to as that. That's, that's a term. Yeah, I might have got that mixed up with when every animal or a bunch of species congregate and breed together. Oh, okay. That might okay. be it. But basically producing lots of offspring that are small, but there is a chance that one or a few will survive. Yeah. And then there's the one where you produce one offspring. Kind of like how... But you invest a lot in it. Kind of like how ostriches will, like, you'll have, like, a harem of female ostriches, and they'll all lay their eggs in one nest, because then the females who's in charge puts her eggs in the middle, so her babies are at a better uh, chance of surviving. Yeah, and big cats do it, right? Have you ever seen cheetahs trying to teach their offspring? Yeah. Have you heard of the other thing that ostriches do with their babies? What's that? So if, uh, like, a female with a bunch of babies and a female with a bunch of babies come across each other, they'll fight, and whoever wins gets all the babies. Oh, my God. Yeah. You'll you'll come across these ostriches in the wild that have like a hundred babies following them. Like, (laughs) really? Yeah. Why would you fight for that many babies? Could you imagine going to the grocery store and being like, oh, oh, another mother with with we have to fight now, and then you leave the grocery store with like eight children, like. That's terrifying. And you just you're just carrying around like a huge belt, like <laughs> like just WWE Mother of the Year. Mother of the Year. I've got ten thousand kids. Oh my gosh. One of them's bound to be president. <laughs> I mean, at that ratio. Oh, so if anyone has any questions for us concerning um, the challenges that baby animals face. Um, please do not hesitate to email us at podcast at gvzoo.com or DM us on our social media. I'm Callum Hughes. And I'm Ashley Isaac. And this has been A Wild, Wild Conversation. Conversation.